everybody, this is Captain Jeff. Welcome to the 185th episode of the Real Guy Podcast. The podcast for real guys by real guys. Not the most uplifting conversation today, but the truth hurts sometimes. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. So normally, this time of year, for the last eight weeks, I would wish people happy bait because it was happy bait time. The mullet run. The big mullet run. That's the mullet run. The bait migration comes from Jacksonville, heads south, all the way down to South Beach, then it breaks up, goes into Biscayne Bay, and then out into Everglades City, and where the hell the mullet go. And normally, this time of year, I'd be wishing everybody happy bait. It's kind of like the slogan. And the reason we call it happy bait is because it's a happy time. People can go down to the beach, catch fish all off the beach. That would be bluefish, jacks, snooks, tarpon, um, barracudas, and sharks, for the most part. And bait is something that... Uh, you, didn't, you don't normally have to think about this year. But I got news for you. It's the end of happy bait. The mullet migration is so small nowadays, it's hard for the average Joe to go out there and catch bait. Heck, it's hard for the pros to go out there and catch bait. But you would never know that. Any type of media, any type of magazine, any type of TV show, even social media plugs on Instagram and Facebook, they would lead you to believe that there's nothing wrong with the bait migration, that happy bait is normal. As a matter of fact, Florida Sports had made a post in, in, on Instagram saying it was the best happy bait season that they've ever seen. And it was unanimous. Well, it can't be unanimous because I'll disagree. In the mullet migration, the mullet run, like I said, Jacksonville to Miami. That would be the run. So if you only see some schools of bait in Stewart, Jupiter, up to Fort Pierce, and I'm assuming that the bait season was pretty good down there, and I'm assuming the fishing was pretty good down there, but it's hard for me to tell because you never get the real story, which is a shame because there's a thing called baseline out there. The majority of people out there have no clue how good the mullet run used to be. And then it went for the whole coastline, and it lasted for months at a time. People have no clue the mullet run. That's minuscule compared to what it should be. It should be the whole east coast of Florida. And other elements to the mullet run that you just never see anymore. I miss seeing the enthusiasm. I miss seeing the rush that, that goes on with the inshore fishermen down here. I can't tell you how many people reached out to me this year wanting to know if it's happy bait. Well, if you have to ask if it was happy bait, it obviously isn't. Maybe Florida sportsmen should start calling itself East Central Florida sportsmen. Because only in East Central Florida was there a decent amount of bait this year. And I'm not so sure it was that great. I think a few people went out there. I think they saw a few big schools of mullet, saw some tarpon jumping around, caught a bunch of jacks and stuff. But I didn't see them catching the big tarpon on social media. I mean, late at night, 
I saw a few posts around some bridges in Delray and Palm Beach and Stewart and Jupiter where there was some bait coming through and some people caught some medium-sized snooks, but I wouldn't exactly call it happy bait. I wouldn't exactly call it the mullet migration or the mullet run. I've been reporting on the mullet run for 20 years. We have a YouTube channel with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Hell, we named the YouTube channel the mullet run. And I hate to tell you folks, the mullet run is damn near over. It is so small, it is so minuscule nowadays that there's no such thing as happy bait. Like there wasn't a time this season or this September and October where I started my trip and I didn't worry about getting bait, where it didn't take me an hour, an hour and a half to get bait, which it usually does the other 12 months out of the year. But for two months out of the year, it's supposed to be just like rock solid bait fish. That's why we call it happy bait. Well, it did not happen this year. And it's the biggest problem I have with media is how irresponsible the content they put up is. And it totally destroys the baseline. If you're a 16-year-old kid and you're on your bike and you can finally get out of the house and go down to the beach by yourself and spend time at night and to fish all the time, you think that this is normal. You don't realize that 90% of the fish that used to be in the intercoastal and come down during the bait migration are now gone. You get a little taste of it and you think it's great and it couldn't be the furthest from the truth. So it bugs me and it drives me crazy. But thanks to the Real Guy Podcast, you'll get the real skinny, you'll get the real scoop, you'll get the unbiased information that the regular media won't give you. I guess it's all about selling ads. I guess, you, I guess it better ad sales when you just glorify everything instead of telling the truth. The truth isn't always the best. The truth hurts sometimes. And the truth is that the migration, the mullet migration, the happy bait time is damn near gone. Now it's the second week in November. And there's finally a few schools of bait moving through Broward and Dade County. Most years, or I should say every year that I can remember, call it the last 30 years. By the time November came, the mullet migration was pretty much over with. Now people want to talk about cold fronts, people want to talk about water temperature, but they don't want to talk about the, the real problem. The real problem is the bait's just not there. The amount of fish just isn't there. And it's not rocket science. Everybody knows what's happening. We're poisoning our inshore waterways. Three different ways we're doing it. And if you don't know it by now, you're going to know it right now because it's easy. You don't need some scientist anymore to prove the concepts. We have three problems. we got sewage and infrastructure. The whole state of Florida and most other coastal communities between Texas and friggin' Maine have inadequate infrastructure. The sewage systems are inadequate. And a lot of it is going into the waterway system. We also have a drain, a drain runoff issue. The way we do our drains, every time it rains real hard, we completely flush the inshore waterways full of trash and contaminants. And then it's water management. The whole state of Florida, or at least more than half of the state of Florida, all of South Florida, everything south of Lake Okeechobee is under water management and the water management is extremely poor. 
and has been hurting the ecosystem for years, which is why Captains for Clean Waters has got so much traction. They're all about sending the water south the way it should drain. But the Caloosahatchee River, and basically every river, now under the water management system, one day it will be crazy salt water, the next day it might be crazy fresh water. And I got news for you, nothing lives and thrives in water where you don't know if it's going to be salty or fresh. So as the water management system fails us, the ecosystem goes down the drain. Now it may not be failing the big developers. It may not be failing towns and municipalities that want to grow like crazy. But the outdoorsmen, the sportsmen, the fishermen, the water management is killing us. Or it's killing the environment that you fish in. So anyway, there's so many different ways that we're destroying the ecosystem. In the meantime, Florida Sportsman puts on Instagram that it's the best mullet run that they've ever seen, and it was unanimous. Well, that's horseshit. I had to get that off my chest. There's other things that totally were a bust this year, too, like the Florida boat, the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show. The Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show was a total bust this year. <coughs> I'm not going to get too crazy into that on this podcast because I got ranting Captain Norm full episode on how bad the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show was, and we'll be uploading that next week. But the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show this year was a total bust. Even though they destroyed the intercoastal for the longest time that they've ever had, and they made the docks and the intents and basically took over the whole intercoastal from Sunrise Boulevard to 17th Street, the amount of the people that came here just wasn't there. And the intercoastal waterway was totally abused, as usual, by the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show, which nobody ever talks about. Like all the boat companies and stuff that are supposedly care about the waterways are perfectly okay with attending the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show, even though it tears up the intercoastal waterway for two months out of the year. And the people that live on the water in Fort Lauderdale are perfectly okay with it, too. I'd say I have the biggest issue with the people that live on the water. And the reason I have the biggest issue with them is because they look at it every single day. People that lived on Idlewild and Los Olos Boulevard got to see the boat show and how they totally abused the waterway system and didn't even care. I mean, Idlewild, I mean, you're looking in, over the intercoastal. And it's just a construction zone for two months because of the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. And nobody seems to really care. All the plastic, all the dredging, all the mud, all the traffic, and nobody seems to care. Which shouldn't surprise anybody because the same pollution and sewage I'm talking about. When you, there's days where you can stand on a seawall in the intercoastal, especially between Sunrise Boulevard and Los Olos Boulevard. And there's no telling what you might see float by. Human feces, tampons, condoms, toilet paper, all sorts of different plastics. It all comes out of the drains, it all comes out of the sewage system, and we just dump it right into the intercoastal from Boca to Aventura. I nicknamed the intercoastal the river trash. 
because every single time it rains, every single time there's a, well, not every single time, there's a constant flow of sewage coming out of the infrastructure system, construction all up and down the intercoastal, and you see the pollution go into the water. It floats by people's backyards and nobody seems to care. And they don't bring it up. Like we just had this huge infrastructure deal on the table in DC. We're talking about trillions of dollars. So you would think that if they had this infrastructure bill on the table in Washington DC, which is the biggest infrastructure bill that we've ever seen, that that would include fixing the problems we have with the infrastructure in our coastal communities. But nobody even brings that up. No one even talks about it. DeSantis was talking about it a couple years ago. COVID comes, and we don't talk about pollution anymore in uh, Florida. It was a big topic before COVID came around. It was a big topic when we set the record for the biggest sewage spills ever recorded. The local media got on it pretty friggin' intensely then for about a month and then it was over and then now it's just back to normal every time it rains we just fill the intercoastal with sewage and trash that's why we call it the river of trash now I hate to be such a downer but somebody's got to break it to you because if you listen to Florida sportsmen and you listen to saltwater sportsmen and you and you watch the tv shows and so on and so forth 90 percent of them glorify the ecosystem and what's going on out there and not that it's not glorious but people have no baseline with no baseline there's no way we're going to fix this thing so let me ask you a question in your local news station your local newspaper the stuff that you read in the fishing publications, or kayaking, or paddling, or any type of water publication. Is the bad water quality topic number one? Because it should be. The state of Florida has no swim zones all the time because the water is too toxic to swim in. The state that everybody comes to from all around the world, for one thing, to enjoy the water. But we're slowly changing that. Like here in Fort Lauderdale, like the, or, or Broward County anyway, probably the biggest thing that's happened here in the last 10 years was a cons- is a casino. The Hard Rock Casino. So now, people come here to gamble. Not exactly what you would call the outdoor crowd. Although last week I had some people come in from South Carolina and they did a day of fishing, but they fished from 12 o'clock in the afternoon to 6 o'clock in the afternoon, which is not like the best time to fish because they were down here on a bachelor party and they were going gambling that night at the casino. So even those people, well, granted it's a bachelor party, you know, give them some slack, but even those people, the whole idea for them to come to South Florida was to go to the Hard Rock Casino and have a big bachelor party And then fishing was something that they just snuck in there. Well, at least they just snuck it in. Because the vast majority of people that come here now don't come for the fishing. Or don't come for the beaches. It's about air conditioning. People love to sit in the air conditioning. So maybe that's why people aren't outraged by the water quality down here in South Florida. And the government, they damn sure don't care.
and I'll give you an example. About three weeks ago, I go out fishing, and if you guys follow the social media feeds, you saw me, I posted it. There was a mega yacht. We're talking like a 200-foot yacht with a crew of about six that was pumping their waste tank right into the intercoastal. So on my fishing trip, I videoed it. I sent it to the FWC. It's a little video clip of what was going on. It took them about a half hour to get there. They, the Coast Guard came, FWC came, and I think a cop came. They were all surrounding the boat. And they're walking around the boat, and they got pads, and they're talking to people, and so on and so forth. And I went on about my fishing trip and said, okay, the authorities have it from here. So the following day, I called the FWC to follow up on what happened. Now, this was just the beginning of the day. We had the mega yacht dumping the stuff into the water. But I wanted to know what happened. So I called FWC, and they told me that they gave the boat captain a warning. So they deliberately dumped their waste tank into the water, and they get caught red-handed, and they get a warning. So the government isn't that serious about wastewater going into the ecosystem because you're allowed to do it and simply get a warning. Now I could see getting a warning if it was a recreational boat and a tank, um, you know, the tank got damaged and it was in the bilge and they didn't know it was gonna happen, it was an accident. But this isn't an accident, these are paid professionals. People that know more about boats than anybody else deliberately flip the switch to dump the wastewater right into the intercoastal. They get caught red-handed, and the Coast Guard gives them a warning. Kind of like the state of Florida, what they did to Fort Lauderdale after the record-breaking sewage spills. They got a, I think it was a $2 million fine, which in this county, that's a rounding error in the budget. So not a big fine for the city of Fort Lauderdale. And then they were allowed to not pay the fine if they would spend the money on rehabilitating the waterways. Now I've been fishing here and I've done probably 300 trips since the big sewage spill and I'm not sure what they've done to rehabilitate the waterways. But they spent a few million bucks on it. In the state, let Fort Lauderdale slide if they were going to spend the money on it. The only money that I know that they spent was on this one company that has a goddamn John boat and a couple of pool skimmers that go up and pick up coconuts and stuff out of the waterway every day. So nobody's serious about the pollution issues. They all know what's going on. And in D.C., they're doing trillions of dollars in infrastructure they're trying to put together a package, and I haven't heard one person talk about spending that kind of money on rehabilitating Florida's problems and how we're polluting the water. Now, if you live in a part of Florida that's still pristine and beautiful and has great water quality, well, you guys should be pissed at Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County. You should be pissed at Tampa. You should be pissed at Fort Myers, New Smyrna, because these places are on record contaminating 
the intercoastal waterway, contaminating our fishing areas. But do you see that on the news? Do you see that on national news? Nope. Brush it under the rug because it's all about making the money. Whether you're selling ads, whether you're selling real estate, in the government's position, it's all about tax revenue. Don't say anything negative. Don't say the truth. Don't say what's really happening out there because God forbid somebody might not make the money that they were supposed to. We're here in the city of Fort Lauderdale and a lot of municipalities. We're worried about paying people's pensions. So all the money is about going towards these people's pensions. Yeah, we can dump sewage into the water. We don't need to fix that. We don't need to spend any money on that. But we got to damn sure make sure we get pension money. I don't know. One of the other things that I totally drives me crazy, I've been meaning to bring up on the podcast, is these yellow booms that go around. Like these yellow booms. Every time I see one of these yellow booms, and you guys know what I'm talking about, it's like a, I don't know, like a yellow tarp that they put in front of construction areas or drain pipes or whatever that are leaking pollution into the water. These booms don't do anything. You can look at the booms. You walk up to one of them and you see they don't do anything. It's there. We're paying for it. Somebody's making a lot of money providing those booms to the government. And it's all smoke and mirrors. The damn things don't work. If, they, if there's a way they work, maybe. But if you watch them, it's not containing any of the contaminants. It's not containing the pollution. Those yellow booms are a bunch of bullshit. But they're everywhere. Here in Fort Lauderdale, we got aerators all through the canal system that do absolutely nothing. The bacteria levels are so bad that there's not enough oxygen in the water, so we put in a bubbler, and we think that's actually going to do something. It's more smoke and mirrors. Maybe that's what the $3 million or $2 million of the fines went to aerators and yellow booms and a John boat with a dip net. And people here in Broward County, they think that the infrastructure has been fixed. Well, it hasn't. Not even close. They are fixing the main sewage pipe. But it's not fixed yet. It's still leaking like crazy. If you live in Bayview or Rio Vista, you're stuck in traffic all the time because they're still putting it in. Every day that it's not put in, where do you think all that sewage goes? It goes right into the intercoastal. And even after they get that one main pipe put in, every single small pipe that goes over to A1A, and we're talking about North Miami Beach, Miami Beach, Aventura, Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale, Pompano, all the way to Palm Beach. All those pipes and stuff that go to the hotels were all put in in the 60s and 70s. Some of them are made out of clay, for crying out loud. So it's leaking into the intercoastal water system. Because it leaks out of those small pipes, goes into the drain system, it rains, and then we dump it into the intercoastal, which we now call the River of Trash. And Florida sportsmen said that this was the best mullet run that they've ever seen. Man, I hate to pick on them so much, but they make it so easy. I mean, if you listen to a podcast that we did a couple 
years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, it was called Rock Bottom. And the reason we called it Rock Bottom is because we just figured that when the red tides hit the West Coast and the giant sewage spill happened here in Fort Lauderdale, we figured that was going to be Rock Bottom. I mean, there's dead fish everywhere. Dead manatees, turtles, whales, goliath groupers, tarpon, birds, pretty much everything. So much of it over on the west coast that they were taking bulldozers and backhoes to pile it all up to get rid of it. Where whole sections of the state stunk so bad that you didn't even want to roll down your windows when you're driving by. And I don't mean like one little town. I'm talking about miles and miles of such devastation that it stunk like death I thought that was going to be rock bottom but it wasn't because the state didn't wake up the government didn't go into red alert mode or anything nope they just shuffled it under the rug nothing to see here another year will go by and it gets worse and worse and worse hence the poor mullet migration that we've seen this year when I tell you the government is all smoke and mirrors, that mega yacht that was dumping stuff into the intercoastal, that was just the beginning of the trip. That was the first thing. Right across the intercoastal from that is a construction zone where they've got, I don't know what the hell they're building over there, but they're always building something. But there's a construction zone where the old convention center used to be. And there's a giant pipe that all the silt and all the concrete and all the crap that's going on in that construction zone drains into and it goes right into the intercoastal. That's just across the canal from that and that was happening that day. And then as I traveled north through the intercoastal and I went into Pompano, there was an old neighborhood on, on the east side of Pompano, on Pompano Beach, that they were doing construction in the streets to the drain system. And there was a broken sewer pipe that was draining into the drain that went right into the intercoastal. And when you went by there, it stunk like holy hell. And you could see it. And there's people that lived right on that seawall. I mean, lots of houses. It's in their own backyard. They look at it. And that's normal now. So we talk about baseline that's normal now. You look out your backyard, if you live on the water, Palm Beach, Broward, Dade County, plenty of other places in the state, and you look outside, and you see sewage going into the water, and it smells like holy hell, and you're not even alarmed. It's just another day that goes by. And then I go about another half mile down the intercoastal to a place called Lake Santa Barbara, and the whole thing is filled with diesel. There's a diesel spill so bad that it's killing my bait where I have to move because I can't use the bait well because there's so much diesel in the water that when I use my bait well, it's going to kill the bait. So I couldn't fish there. And it was right behind people's backyards. And other people could smell it and you could see it. It was a sheen on the water. It was so obvious. There was nobody there from the EPA or the DEP. The Coast Guard wasn't there. FWC wasn't there. People weren't alarmed that lived on the water. And this is one day of fishing in about a three-mile span. And this goes on every single day. 
And it's not just here. It's all over the state. And then we have the worst mother run we've ever had. And people are bragging about it. I don't know. It totally drives me crazy. And we're obviously not at rock bottom. I mean, what's rock bottom got to be? Where you get sick if you touch the water? Where your grandchildren come and visit you in Florida, you're not, you tell them not to go in the water or not go on the beach? Sounds far-fetched, but we close our beaches all the time because of bacteria levels that are so fucking crazy that you'll get sick. And how many people get ear infections or nasal infections or get some sort of infection on a cut or whatever and doesn't re don't even realize that they probably got it from the bad water here in Florida. Over in Fort Myers, I think it's the Estero River, the whole thing is so contaminated. The, back, the bacteria levels and the fecal bacteria levels are so high that they advise you not to swim in it. Nobody really knows that because they're not serious about advising anybody. They don't really want people to know. They put up a couple of signs probably because of liability reasons. But it's true. There was some sort of contamination in Broward County last week. And the government wants to call it red tide. It's not red tide. You can call it red tide. It's code for contamination now. Red tide's a natural phenomenon. It's normal. It happens. But what's going on here in the state of Florida is not red tide. What this is, is this contaminated water that is getting so full of bacteria and algae that oxygen levels and it's just becoming toxic. I mean, I guess you could label it a red tide, but it's not the natural red tide that the ocean deals us. This is straight up water contamination. And bottom line is the vast majority of people just don't care. The vast, vast majority of people just don't care. If I went to a marina right now and, and found some boat owner that was paying big bucks to have his boat sit in the river of trash, and I told him how contaminated the water was, one, he probably wouldn't believe me in the first place. Two, totally ignorant, I would be willing to bet. And three, he would walk away and just shake his head. He wouldn't really care. It's just another day. And until that changes, this is going to get worse and worse and worse until we hit rock bottom. Anyway, I had to get that out there. Sorry I haven't done a podcast in a while. I've had some personal issues. But I just did an interview. Um, had your favorite captain... Norm in the studio just last week, and he's going to talk about the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show and what a bust it was this year. So that episode's coming out after this one. But I want to take a second to thank you guys because the Steve Kantner recording that we did last month was off the charts. And I want to thank all you guys for listening and sharing the uh, recording to everybody. The numbers are getting bigger every single month. I want to thank you guys for that. Also, if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that's a big deal. That's how the podcast gets more people to listen to it and gets recognized. We're growing at big numbers right now, and I just wanted to thank you guys. And until next time, this is Captain Jeff. You're listening to The Real Guy Podcast, a podcast for real guys by real guys. I don't expect you to actually enjoy this episode. 
because it's a bit of a downer. But the truth hurts sometimes. This is Captain Jeff and Run That Dog.